Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Dr. Christopher Avery online. Christopher, how are you? I'm free, powerful, and at choice, Michael. How are you? That is the best way to live. Yeah, and I, I'm the same. So really appreciate your time today. So why don't you share a little bit about you for those that don't know you? Uh, sure. Uh, so, um, gosh, I left a good job, went back to college, got a doctorate in organization science and leadership, and uh, really dedicated myself to collaboration. And 20 years ago, I wrote a, a book that's now a classic called Teamwork is an Individual Skill, Getting Your Work Done When Sharing Responsibility. And there's nobody today that has a job where they're not sharing responsibility with somebody to get something done somewhere. So interdependence was you know, big, big issue in cooperation, collaboration. And during that work, I, I, I discovered, I, uh, I, I ran into... Uh, some work that was already being done that helps us understand how responsibility works in the mind. Uh, and so working with the responsibility process uh, has been my work for 30 years now. And uh, and I changed the name of my company to the responsibility company and got the responsibility.com URL. So I'm the responsibility guy. Well, that's awesome work. And that, that book is timeless. It's like, yeah, teamwork is... It has individuals. We all have to come in and we can't say, well, it's up to them. And no, it's up to us. And that, I think that's what's so important for everybody to remember is, especially now, and you know, not that I want to dive too much into the pandemic, but when we were all sent home back in March of 2020 and people were working in virtual silos instead of the in-person types of silos that we see in too many organizations, you know, what were some of the findings that you discovered in the work that you were doing on how you know, how did that change things, if anything? Well, so this may, uh, I'll take this in a direction that might be surprising for you. So uh, what the responsibility process says is that every time something goes wrong, uh, the responsibility process in our mind gets triggered. And it's a stack of words starting at the bottom, lay blame, and above that justify, and above that shame, and above that obligation. And then there's a line above that responsibility. Essentially, what it means is, um, in any of those lower states, we're coping with being a victim. Uh, we think things are happening to us. We think the problem is bigger than we are. And it doesn't matter how smart we are uh, or how uh, educated we are or how motivated we are. This is true for all of us. So what I saw when COVID hit is that everyone was stuck in justify. Um, so COVID is a COVID is a big justify, but it's still a justify. It says I can't be free, powerful, and at choice. I can't respond to this um, because it's bigger and badder than me. And then we make it worse. We oh, it's horrible, and you know we pile on all our complaints. So I didn't so much study what what the pandemic changed about the world of work. Plenty of people are doing that around remote work and whether we should work in the office and not, that's not my thing. My thing was helping people see that they're stuck and justify. Um, and when you're stuck below the line, uh, you're powerless. So. Well, yeah, it's then I, I see that and it makes perfect sense uh, because everyone seems to have kind of delegated 
their responsibilities to external, they're doing it. And that freezes me and I can't do it because of this. And they, they come up with all kinds of different excuses instead of going back to the teamwork side of things. Like, okay, what can I do to make this situation better for my team and myself and approach it from that aspect? And I think the organizations and individuals that did that were able to navigate through the pandemic years a little bit I don't want to say unscathed, but at least a little bit easier than the ones that just decided to stay stuck and you know justify their inactions or we can't do this because of supply chain or we can't do this because we're not able to work in the office or I, I can't work in the office. Wait a minute, you worked in the office two years ago. You can't now. Okay, what's changed? Not saying that the things that haven't changed, but right. I, it's been an interesting dynamic to watch where people, and I don't want to say laziness, that's not where, where I'm coming from on this, but I think going with what you said about staying and justify that not going into the office seemed to be an excuse and like, well, I, because they didn't want to, but it, if they didn't want to before the pandemic, then why did they still work there? And it just, I, I think there's a lot of people right now that are in a state of confusion, maybe, or maybe some other things going on too. But it, it just seems like people are like, oh, we can't do that. We, we did it two years ago. Why can't we do it now? Right. And so it's just, it, it's, it just seems like there's a lot of people just going, no, I, I'm going to justify not doing this in kind of, a, in a way, a lack of accountability to say, no, you can go in. You know, and and if you can't, then adjust accordingly. Well, there's a couple of big issues there. It's both nature and nurture, Michael, in that this responsibility process is in all of us. And every time something goes wrong, our minds go to the mental state of lay blame. And and if we like blame as an answer, then we use our smarts to say that somebody else has to change for our lives to get better. If we don't accept blame, then we move up to justify, justify a set of circumstances, the economy. Uh, the budget, the process, you know, I did it just the way you said, boss, it's not my fault. Um, if we don't accept our story, which is usually full of drama, then then we graduate to shame and shame is where we lay blame on self. I'm the dummy, I'm the dull, I'm stupid. And if we decide to stop beating ourselves up for making a mistake or having a problem, then the next thing that happens is we feel trapped in a pattern uh, that we no longer like. So the mental state of obligation is having to be or do something that we don't want to have or, or be or do. And so these are nature. This is in all of us. And it's my job is important to me because most people don't realize how we process thoughts about taking and avoiding responsibility. But then it's also nurture in that these coping patterns are nurtured by our society. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say our society, the last probably 100 years, has really curved towards uh, higher and higher drama in terms of who's the most aggrieved, who most deserves a handout, um, you know, who's being treated the least fairly. And now it becomes easy to raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm a victim and I deserve some money. Um, and, uh, and it was, oh, yeah, we run over and uh, and reinforce that. So, um, yeah, you're putting your finger on 
on a lot of things. And the truth is, there's nothing wrong with people who are doing this. They're operating exactly the way their mind is designed. Um, and my job is to help them examine that and see if they want to, uh, you know, take a little bit more charge of their life or build a, a team that steps up to responsibility or build a culture of responsibility in a business. And those are the organizations that will continue to thrive because they're they're in it. They're 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 not just you know mailing it in and just kind of you know you know honorable mention. We'll we'll call it that. It's like I'm going to show up at work and I'm going to get the honorable mention because I'm just here enough to keep my role, but not really add any value to the organization. And that's such a horrible thing. Like well quite quitting you know we're hearing about and that's not new we've heard you know just like i said mailing it in or malicious compliance to the job description whatever but it's really concerning to me and seeing it and we're seeing it a lot uh, is because that those are forming some habits and those habits are going to carry forward in all likelihood to your next role you know a colleague of mine uh, it, is an employee of theirs is leaving and they're not upset about this because this person has not been putting in a whole lot of effort. And, you know, my concern for that individual is they're going to go to this new role. They've already been kind of conditioning themselves in this low level, not do anything type of situation. And in a new role, they probably won't accept that, especially in the early days uh, or ever. Now, maybe they will. Maybe it's one of those weird companies that, yeah, sure, we'll pay and you don't have to do any work. Uh, I think many of us would consider that. I would call that completely boring and it would drive me absolutely insane if I did that. I, I want to be able to grow and do things and improve things. But I'm concerned about this individual because that's going to be a big shift for them in, in behavior and their thoughts and everything else because they've been hanging out and not doing anything and, and quote unquote getting away with it for a while. And I think they're harming themselves. So, you know, going back to the quiet quitting component, again, I, I think if people are doing that, they're not taking responsibility for themselves and it's going to impact them, you know, throughout their career unless they, you know, have a shift in mind and, and start approaching things differently. Well, and, you know, that's where I come back to the thing is actually most people don't want to practice responsibility at high levels. Most people just want to feel safe. Um, so, uh, you know, my mentor, Bill McCarley is his name. He says only the brave get to be free. Uh, and, um, I forget there's a, the quote, I, I can't remember the woman who said it, but the quote is, uh, freedom is like taking a bath. I have to do it every day. Right? So for me, it's a practice. It's not, it's not my character, whether or not I take responsibility is not my character. It's, it's that I practice taking ownership of situations that I'm in that give me anxiety, that, that upset me, that's a problem. And to you talking about, you know, it's the teams that know how to step up to responsibility or the organizations that can build a culture of responsibility. They'll, they're the ones who will thrive or survive. It's because they believe that it doesn't matter where the problem comes from. It's a problem for them. They get to own it uh, and they get to respond. So responsibility, the root of the word is the ability to respond. And we all have the ability. We just don't all use it. And it's it's a lost, you pardon the pun there, lost opportunity because challenges are what makes us as humans grow. 
and learn. I, you know, I try to do my best to learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and even you get a newsletter and I, in one of these newsletters, I forget which one it is, you know, they, they had a link to a, a short video on Twitter of somebody making a mirror. So they actually showed, you know, the water, the sand ingredients, mixing that up, pouring it into, you're on this piece of glass and they did some things. They see, you know, they hold it up and there's a mirror. And I'm, I'm enamored with this because when I was in high school, I did not pay attention in science class at all. And I've said this many times. I think the only reason I passed science class is Mr. Burrell did not want to see me again for another semester. So uh, he gave me the passing grade and on my way. Uh, but I was just enamored on that. It's like, I never have seen that before, how they do this. I watched it again. And I'm like, you know, I didn't go into the details of how they actually did it in the you know, right mixture and all of that. But just the curiosity of it going, wow, that's pretty cool. And just learning and rising up and being bold and taking advantage of challenges. And there's been no shortage of challenges in the work world over the last few years or the last few millennia. So there's always challenges. It's like those that rise up. And I love, you know, the quote that your mentor gave, you know, it's like you want free, you, you know, you got to really go at it. You know, only the brave can do that and you can be brave and and take on those challenges don't yeah initially your brain's going to go this is too much we can't do this oh no but then eventually if if you have that desire and you know the practice that you mentioned or i like to refer to as a system this is the system that i operate on and i'm going to do that and i'm going to face challenging days and i'm going to do whatever i can to overcome them and succeed from it some days i will some days maybe not but I'll get back in the ring another day. So I, I feel horrible f- and empathetic for people that don't want to do that, even though, as you said, it's 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 in their inner being. That's how people tend to default. It's those that want to step out of that comfort zone and, and really pursue things are the ones, I think, that are going to rise above all the challenges that we continually face. Right. I, I teach... Uh in this way, so I, you know, my my mind went a little frazzled when you said it's it's challenges that make us grow, and 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 I would edit that a little bit to say it's accepting or facing challenges or overcoming challenges is where the growth is, um, and and in order to do that, uh, this operating system that you mentioned uh, is really helpful. What I encourage is. Um, that as long as we operate from below the line, uh, not owning our lives, not owning our mind, not owning the problems in our lives, then our comfort zone stays really small and we stay powerless. So as you address and overcome challenges, you expand the comfort zone and that's where freedom, power and choice lies and being able to face uh, anything uh, in the world um, and stay calm and collected uh, and be able to handle it. So one of the keys to responsibility is the word confront. And confront means the ability to face. Uh, It doesn't mean to be confrontational towards another. Uh, And what we learn is is that um, most of us uh, have a low ability to face a lot of stuff. And so we run away, we resist or, or we hide you know, the, the ostrich head in the sand thing is, is an example. Um, and expanding the comfort zone is expanding our ability to face uh, whatever. And what we have in our life 
uh, is all within our comfort zone. It's stuff that we've been willing and able to face to be able to make a living, you know, pay the rent, whatever. Um, all the stuff that we don't have in our life that we want is lying right out there on the other side of, of our comfort zone. Uh, and so we get to expand our ability to face. And another word for confront is courage, right? the, the courage to uh, face things head on. <coughs> Excuse me. So I like what you're saying there about identifying an operating system that does that. It's helped me quite a bit in my personal and professional growth just to, you know, rise up and, and take on challenges and understand that, you know, and, and, and learn along the way, because it's amazing, you know, the skills that we've picked up over our careers that we use all the time. We don't necessarily think about them because we've made them part of our system or our being or how we do things or how we approach challenges that makes it basically, I don't want to say easier, but it gives us some confidence that we're going to be able to get through it because we've been through something. It may not be the same situation, but we've been through some things that have been similar. So we can rely on that to go, well, I'm going to be able to get through this. May not know how yet, but at least I have the confidence and the courage to, to take it on because I've done that before. And I love how you had mentioned, you know, expanding our comfort zone and you know, because our comfort zone is smaller and the fact that you can grow your comfort zone. And in fact, you're actually growing yourself in the same place. Right. You're growing your ability to function in every arena in your life, no matter what happens. Um, yeah. We call it increased functioning. So, you know, as a teacher, as a mentor, my my work is to help my students increase their functioning uh, as human beings. So where do you see things going over the next couple of years as far as organizations and individuals, obviously, in the work that you're doing, um, getting more aware of you know, leaving that, you know, justify stage and blaming, which there's no shortage. All you got to do is turn on the news. Everybody's blaming, you know, whomever. But where do you see things going in the next couple of years? It's a very slow evolution, Michael, unfortunately. What we're really talking about here is uh, elevation of consciousness. Um, and, you know, if you reduce it down to we either run things on fear or we run things on love, um, then uh, I've, been, I've been watching this for 35 years as an applied organizational scientist. Uh, over 35 years, I can see a lot of change but in the short term, looking at one or two or three years at a time, um, you don't see a lot of change. Um, so, what you know, what uh, I think what needs to happen is that more and more people who are in a position of being leaders, being entrepreneurs, being general managers, that they operate at higher and higher levels of consciousness, and they tolerate less and less toxicity uh, around them then you can begin building cultures that do that. But um, it, it doesn't happen rapidly in, in a society. No, it's great. And I highly encourage people to tap into those higher levels because we as a society will benefit from it if our leaders do that. So, Dr. I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work that you do? Well, learn more about the work at responsibility.com. Pretty easy URL to remember. Uh, if you're an event organizer and interested in, in, uh, in booking me, then I have a website called ChristopherAvery.com. 
I'll definitely have that in the show notes and congratulations on getting such a great domain name of responsibility.com. That, that one you, you think would have got gobbled up back in 1996, but and maybe you did. I don't know, but I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So no, some, somebody, somebody owned it for a number of years and I acquired it in 2019. Smart move, smart move. So I definitely have that in the show notes. So uh, Christopher, thank you again for your time today. Really appreciate you and, and love this amazing work you're doing. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for the fun today with you. And thanks for all the work that you do too. Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.